This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Life gets complicated, and it only gets more complicated when things change, which is why AAA insurance agents take the time to talk with you so that they can help you choose the best auto and home coverage. Don't put off getting protected. Let AAA help cover what you care about. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA insurance agent or visit AAA.com insurance to learn more about AAA. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH. Hey guys, Kevin coming to you with the Finsider Podcast, our weekly live show here on the Finsider. Talk about anything Miami Dolphins. We'll take your calls. You can give us a call at 347-326-9461. That's 347-326-9461. Talk about anything you guys want to talk about, Miami Dolphins. We also have the live thread up on the site. Go to thefinsider.com. Always during the show, we have a live thread there, so you can leave comments, ask questions that way. And, of course, you can also get us on Twitter. Just send a tweet to at thefinsider, and we'll get you that way. So uh, lots of ways to interact with us, lots of ways to get in with the show, and we'll talk about the things you guys want to talk about. Uh, otherwise, you'll just hear us talk about whatever we want to talk about, but that can get kind of boring. So let us know what you guys want to talk about, and we'll make it happen here on the show. Uh, obviously, the big news today, a couple things coming out of the NFL. The first one was the um, trade agreed to by the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. That'll send quarterback Alex Smith from San Francisco to Kansas City. In return, they're going to get Casey's number two or second round pick this season and then a conditional pick that is likely going to be a second round pick in 2014. Um, I think the San Francisco 49ers really got away with this one. This is a better deal for them, I think. Smith they they couldn't hold on to Smith. Uh, they obviously are Kaepernick's team now. Smith needed a chance to go to another team. They got away with pulling it without cutting him. I mean, they got they got him off their books. They got two draft picks back for him. They got two high draft picks back for him. And 
it looks a lot better on their end today than it probably should have, um, especially when you take into account that their second-round pick that they're getting from the Chiefs is pick number 33. So it's the first pick of the second round. So they they, they got a steal here. Um, I would not be surprised, really, if the – Conditional pick for next year is not as good as this. I think the Chiefs are probably going to be a much better team than they were this year. Um, I mean, with Alex Smith there, Andy Reid knows how to develop quarterbacks. He'll be able to tap into what Alex Smith can already do and what Alex Smith learned from Harbaugh when uh, Jim Harbaugh got to the 49ers. So I think that Alex Smith is going to be better. Um, I would not be surprised if they either franchise tag or somehow come to a deal with Dwayne Bowe and keep him there, especially now that they have a new coaching staff, have a new quarterback. Uh, it would probably be easier to talk him into staying. So I would not be at all surprised to see Dwayne Bowe stay. They have the first overall pick. They can get either Luke Jokel to protect Alex Smith, or they can go after some other target to try to build weaponry really fast. So the Chiefs could become a much better team really fast, especially with this move to get Alex Smith. That way you're not relying on a rookie quarterback and hoping that he can make the learning curve to the NFL you have a veteran who already knows the NFL, already has an idea of what's going on, and now has all of the offseason to get ready. Um, now, technically, this trade cannot be completed until March 12th. So, theoretically, a team could try to sweep in and grab him and make this trade not happen and him go somewhere else. But that's still going to give up a lot in order to make this happen. So I, I think that the Chiefs are pretty well set in they got their quarterback now. Um, the other story that came out today was Vontae Davis being Vontae Davis. He sent out a tweet today saying that yesterday or just recently, I think it was last night is what he said, he saw Sean Smith and Sean Smith told him he was talking to Kansas City and that it would be a great pairing for Smith to go to KC. And obviously this raises all kinds of red flags because we're still in the no contact, otherwise it's tampering phase of the NFL offseason. So if there is any truth to that, then the Chiefs are blatantly tampering with Smith. Now, Smith's agent immediately came out and said, hey, look, my client has never spoken to another team. Of course, my client has never spoken to another team. Kind of raises the flag of, oh, but you as his agent have spoken to other teams. Um, we, now, now we start to get into that gray area where the Dolphins, I mean, it came out today, and I'll, I'll post, I'm going to post about all this tonight or tomorrow or sometime, but uh the, uh, it came out today that the Dolphins were very active in talking to free agent wide receivers agents at the combine. So every team tampers. Every team tampers. There's no way around it. Everybody knows that it happens at the combine left, right, and center. Um, the, the trick is you don't advertise it. And Vontae Davis obviously advertised it. So the 
issue here is going to be how much evidence is there. Smith came back out, or I'm sorry, first, okay, Smith came out after Vontae tweeted that and said that didn't happen. So then Vontae immediately tried to take it back saying that his account was hacked and that it wasn't him that tweeted that Sean Smith had been talking to Kansas City and that he hadn't actually seen Sean Smith. So then Sean Smith came back out and he, he in his explanation, he did say that he thinks Fonte was just trying to help him out and that it was not the right way to do it, but Vonte panicked and that's what he came up with was the it was hacked. But that Vonte and Sean Smith talked last night. Um and Smith had said that former Dolphins intern for some reason, I'm blanking on his name, but the former Dolphins intern is now the defensive backs coach for the Chiefs. So he said he had called him and said congratulations on getting the new job. He says that's where it ends. Dante took that as Smith talking to the Chiefs, and that's where the tweet came from. So that does, in a in, in some manner, make sense. Uh, if the Dolphins are going to pursue a tampering charge against the Chiefs, they're going to need much more than one tweet from Vontae Davis. But it, it, does, it did raise a lot of red flags. It was something everybody talked about for a while today. Um, it'll probably be something we talk about for the next couple days because it's the offseason and we're all looking for something to talk about. Plus, it gets a lot of laughs because it's Vontae Davis. And we all know that Vontae's Vontae. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. Vontae is Vontae. So, it was an interesting situation, but I really don't think that anything will come of it in the long run. Um, apparently, the uh, the NFL has said that they are aware of the tweet and that they are aware of the situation, which they'll have to investigate because it's an allegation. They have to, the dolphins probably aren't going to push very hard on it. One, there's not a lot of evidence Two, the Smith's agent also represents several of the dolphins players. Um, if they can stand back, let the NFL do the investigation without them pushing for it, it kind of sets up that, hey, look, we didn't really do this. We didn't really want to do this. The NFL did it, blah, 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 and it saves the Dolphins from having a rocky relationship with the uh, that agent. But um, Apparently, Beaver's trying to, but can't get uh, the live, the stream going. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this in the archive version, not the live version, um, so you know, we're having, for some reason, whenever we embed it, it always embeds the previous show until this show is over. So, it uh, you, you end up having to listen to last week's show unless you follow the link to Blog Talk Radio. So I post that in there also. Um, hopefully that uh, – I don't know why it 
I'm supposed to be able to embed it, and for some reason it doesn't all the time. I, I don't know why. Some people, and it'll in one week, somebody will get in while somebody else will have last week's show. So I can't even tell you that it's every time or everybody's computer. Um, it may be when you get into the thread, when it switches over to the live show. I don't know. But just so you know, as we go through this every week when we talk about how somebody can't hear us, that's a big chunk of why. So, um, through, obviously, there's a lot to talk about uh, combine-wise right now. Um, I, I'm going to hold off unless Keith or Duke can get into the show. Otherwise, we'll talk about it on Friday when we get into the Google Hangout because I know those guys are all about the combine and will want to talk a lot about it. I think really the main thing that came out of it was a lot of guys solidified themselves, like Dean Milliner solidified himself as a top 10 pick. And I want the, I want him to be a Dolphin. I don't think he's going to be there when the Dolphins pick. I'm pretty sure even with his torn labrum and having to get surgery on his shoulder, I, I don't see him slipping outside the top 10. Um, the Honey Badger is one that there was some debate over last night myself, and um, I want to say it was Yakov, but I don't remember for sure. Uh, debate over him because he he was slow, and he only did four reps on the bench press. And my point was a guy who has been out of football for a year knows that he's going into the NFL draft this April knows that the Combine is coming up in February. Doesn't have any commitments to school. Doesn't have any commitments to practice. Doesn't have any commitments to games. Doesn't have any commitments other than getting ready for the NFL draft. Should have been able to put up four or more than four bench press reps. Should have probably run faster than a 4.5. Um and especially for a guy that is five foot nine, he has to go out there and perform better than what he did at the combine. Now, of course, combine results are combine results. It's not pads. It's not on the field play. When you look at the tape, you're going to see things that are better. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, with uh, the ball in his hand, plays a lot better than what his combine numbers said. But that's with the ball in his hand if he can't cover at the NFL level because he's being blown up at lines of scrimmage by stronger wide receivers or because he can't keep up with the short, speedy slot receivers, which is probably where he would have to play, you're going to see um, you're going to see him relegated to just a returner, and he's not going to have value there. Uh, Yakov's argument was that he's very fluid out there, and he is. His hips move well. He, he can – he can cover ground well. He just doesn't cover it fast. And he, he tried. He, he, his argument. I'm stumbling over my words right now. I'm sorry. His uh, his argument was that he's very fluid, like Richard Sherman was last year. Which then you you come right back to Richard Sherman is six foot three. Uh, I think he has ten or twenty pounds on the honey badger. He ran a four four five instead of a four five with his size and with a faster time. 
he still went as a fifth-round pick. I don't see a Honey Badger coming in before that. Some team may take a flyer on him. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it as a third-round potential. I just You're paying an awful lot for a guy that has been out of football for a year, has a whole lot of red flags around marijuana use and quitting on the team versus quitting on rehab versus getting kicked off the team versus all the stuff that the coaches tried to get him to do before they kicked him off the team, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole lot of red flags that surround him. So I I don't see him as a third-round potential guy. It's hard to say that a team would take that risk, especially on a third round. I mean, fifth, sixth, maybe, maybe reaching into the fourth, but it's gonna have to be uh it's gonna have to be a uh a team that is fairly well set at cornerback and trying to get depth and take a chance on a guy that when he has the ball in his hands can do great things. But if he's playing cornerback, you're not gonna be able to say that he's gonna get the ball in his hands a whole lot. Uh, You throw the ball up in the air and he can't go get it. It's hard to get the ball into his hands. Um, Some guys that were impressive, maybe not at a position of need for the Dolphins. Maybe it will be a position of need. I think that the Dolphins are probably going to be set at running back, even if Reggie Bush leaves. I think they really like Lamar Miller. I think that they're going to stick with Daniel Thomas as the second running back. Then you have um, Marcus Thigpen and Jonas Gray, who's coming off of a lost season because of being physically unable to perform this past year. Uh, I I think that you're going to see that. Um, Kristen Michael out of Texas A&M, 220-pound, 5'10", running back, had a really, really good combine. Could be a really interesting pick for the Dolphins, Um, especially – especially if some of these guys fall into either the Dolphins' second, second-round pick or in the third round. Some of these guys, the Dolphins can take a flyer on because they have the extra picks and say, you know what, it may not be a position of need, but it's best player available, it gives us another weapon, and that's what this offense needs right now. We have a decent offensive line. We need to short up a little bit, especially if Jake Long leaves, and we need to either move Jerry to right tackle and get a right guard or get right tackle so that uh, Jonathan Martin can move back over to left. I think that the offensive line as a whole, though, is fairly decent. The defense is great. It needs some help. Cornerbacks, especially if Sean Smith leaves, but cornerbacks are going to be a target. But at that point, I mean, if the Dolphins do something in free agency to add wide receivers – if they do something in free agency to either add a pass rusher or add a cornerback, you very quickly see the Dolphins sitting there with all these extra day one and day two picks going, let's go after somebody that may be not a need, but could be somebody that gives us a weapon that we don't have right now. Uh, The other guy that we like, and I'm going to say his name correctly, even though Duke will correct me on saying it correctly, Niall Davis, uh, Arkansas's running back, guy is huge and runs so fast. 
Um, it's uh, I'm trying to pull up his exact time right now. I don't have his time in front of me. Um, these are defensive linemen, so I'm off by a day. Let me go. Sorry, I know this is great radio you're listening to right now as I flip through all this stuff. But where are my running back results? Um, either way, I'll, I'll keep looking while I talk. But either way, he uh, he's fast. He's huge. He's a one-cut runner that he's going to make one move and he's going to go downhill. And that could very, very easily be something the Dolphins are looking for. Niall Davis, 4.37 seconds, second fastest running back. Um, he, he very easily could be somebody that could fit into the Dolphin scheme. I, I think that if you do go after him, it means that Daniel Thomas is gone, but it could be somebody to look at. And I, I don't know where he'll be picked. I haven't actually sat down with all the combine results yet and really considered it. Um, but he's somebody the Dolphins could be considering based on his size and his speed. I mean, that seems to be what the Dolphins are doing right now, is looking for guys that have a lot of speed but also have size because that's why they are preferring Lamar Miller over uh, Reggie Bush at this point. Lamar Miller is more of a power back than Reggie Bush is. Granted, he'll never be a, he'll never be a power back. But he is somebody that has the size to at least have some power behind him. It uh, looks like I'm just scanning real quick. People are looking at people are looking at Niall Davis now, possibly to the Falcons in the first round. Um, again, that that's a lot of that's a lot of reacting to the combine, but it's somebody who he he looks special when you see him running because he's so big and he's so fast. I mean, you really shouldn't, you really shouldn't, I'm sorry, it's second round that they're saying uh, Falcons, second round. So you're looking at second to third round for him right now. He He's not, He's not somebody who should run a four three seven, but he does. So it's it's very capable that the Dolphins could be looking at him, especially in the second round, especially with two second round picks. Um obviously the position that we all want to look at is wide receivers though. And the guy who I think makes a lot of sense right now and it I don't know. It, it seems to make a lot of sense. He doesn't get a lot of attention. He will now after the combine. And there are people who will immediately shoot down the idea. But Ryan Swope makes a lot of sense right now. Uh, he can come in. Usually you have that learning curve as wide receivers try to get used to NFL playbooks and all that kind of stuff. He's not going to have that problem because he's going to have the same advantage that Ryan Tannehill had last year. He's going to come in knowing 75, 65, 75% of the playbook. I think the Dolphins start to add a lot more this year than they did last year because Tannehill already, already knows the entire playbook. 
I think you see them start to add things like the read option that we've heard about being added already. But Swope comes in knowing that, having chemistry with uh, Tannehill, knowing Sherman, knowing these things, and he ran a 4-3-4. So he's somebody who, I mean, he ran the exact same time as Tavon Austin. He He's somebody who is going to be able to go out there and put speed on the field. So he's somebody that I could see the Dolphins going after too. Um, I really think, and Keith and I have talked about this a couple times, we've tried to figure out how – We've tried to figure out how this draft could go down, and I think we talked about this last night, actually. The the thing that I think kills this draft in being able to predict it properly is the fact that there's no clear-cut star quarterback out there. Usually, you can go, okay, this quarterback's going to go there, this quarterback's going to go there, and then you can start to piece the draft around them. With that not there, it makes it so much harder to try to say, okay, quarterback, quarterback, okay, and figure everything out. So I think that's where we're seeing a lot of the difficulty in figuring out this draft. Um, For the Dolphins, it's a huge, huge draft for what does the team do in free agency? And Last year, Keith and I talked about this too just recently. Last year, a lot of people expected expected the Dolphins to be big players in free agency. And really, the team didn't have the cap room to do that. It was more like a let's go after one big name type guy. This year, I think the Dolphins are going to be huge players in free agency. They've got this huge amount of cap space. They're going to be able to go out there and do what they want. Uh, if teams, if players are willing to play ball with the Dolphins, they could come away from this with a killer free agency class between players maybe taking a little bit less money so that you get a second great player in, things like that. I mean, it's all speculation, obviously, and it's going to be something that may or may not happen. Um, we're, we're, we're looking as Miami fans at the heat and going – if LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade can figure out how to do it, why can't NFL players figure out how to do it? If Tom Brady can just do it up in New England, why can't some of these other players do it? But those are different situations. Those are different positions. Tom Brady doesn't need money at all. He's set for life, plus his wife is set for life. So together, they could, they don't need the money, and that's why he can do it. All that matters to him right now is – Hall of Fame, and Super Bowl rings. And I think he said it that nobody ever went into the Hall of Fame based on how many, how much money they won. They went into the Hall of Fame based on stats and based on rings won. And he's after those rings. So it makes sense for him to take less. A guy like Mike Wallace, it may not make sense to take less because he's still trying to make that amount of money. Um, but the Dolphins should be huge players in free agency, which comes down to we're all sitting here mocking the draft and trying to come up with what is going to be the Dolphins' pick, what route are they going to go, who could they go after, and honestly, nobody can answer that. And it's fun. I agree. I look at all these mock drafts. I love looking at them. 
Um, I love when we publish them. I know Keith is working on his next one. I think that what you're going to see, however, is that the Dolphins draft is so determined on what they do in free agency this year. Because if they go out there and they land two wide receivers, wide receiver may be the third pick they use. It may not be the first or second pick. If they get a defensive end that they think is a starter opposite Cam Wake, they may not go after that. They may choose to do something else with it in the first round. It's all so determinate on what they do with um, what they do with free agency. So I think that it's it's really a great year as Dolphins fans, and I think that's where two days ago I posted it, and then this morning I posted basically what is kind of like a sequel. The the basically what is the silly season right now. And I'm a NASCAR fan. They talk about it every year at the end of the year for NASCAR, the silly season, the off season, where teams are moving around and play and drivers are moving around. In the NFL, it's now where every little thing results in a huge news story and a huge rumor. Of take today's example, Jermichael uh, Finley. Sorry, Greg Jennings um, is leaving Green Bay. But he could be tagged, but he's going to be signed by the Dolphins, but the Dolphins don't like him. So what's the truth? I mean, it's four things that none of them can go with each other. So it's it's all so difficult right now. And as fans, and I'm not saying that I, I'm not this way too. We all do it. We hear that rumor and our hopes shoot up, and then we hear the exact opposite a day later, and we all crash back down of, oh, my God, why aren't we doing it? And we did it last year with Jeff Fisher. We did it last year with Peyton Manning. We we do it every year. So, I mean, last year we had billboards for Peyton Manning being made. So we all do it, but it's just – this year it seems – I think it seems worse simply because we're all so – involved and we know how much money the Dolphins have and we know how much they could spend and how much they could come out of this with so I think it's going to be a great off season for the Dolphins but I think that it's one that until March 12th comes around we're all going to go crazy and then March 9th 10th and 11th are going to be miserable three days just absolutely three miserable days because those are the three days that teams can negotiate with players, but they cannot sign players. So CT and I had this discussion a week ago or two weeks ago, somewhere around there, where Jeff Ireland, I guess it was a week ago because it was a combined comment, Jeff Ireland called this offseason or this plan of these three days, he called it sketchy. And I think it is. I think that's a great word to describe it. Because nobody has a clue what's going to happen. Is it better to be the first team to talk to a player? Is it better to be the last team to talk to a player? Do you want to schedule your meeting at 11.59 on on the 11th? So that way at 12.01 on the 12th, you can sign that player? 
Or do you want to be that team that's knocking on his door first thing on the ninth to show that you're committed to him? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows at this point because it's so different. Nobody has a clue how this is going to work out because nobody's done it before. The NFL has never done this three days of negotiations before signing day. So you can sit down with Greg Jennings tomorrow or on the 8th, obviously, but or the 9th, sorry, the 9th. Sit down with Greg Jennings on the 9th and talk to him. But then he has all the freedom to then go talk to Detroit or go talk to Cincinnati or go talk to whoever he wants to go talk to. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't hold him there with the contract in hand ready for him to sign because he can't sign it. He can't sign it for three days. So it's just a very strange situation that the NFL has added this year that until until the league goes through it once, and it may not even work out once because this year everybody may step back and go, okay, what is going on? It may have to go through two years of this weird three-day stretch before we actually know how it will work in real life and not sketchy uh, situations. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to see how these three days work. Um, they're coming up, what, ten days from now, I guess? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So ten days from now, teams can start talking to free agents openly, unlike the Sean Smith, Kansas City rumor, whatever that's worth. But that's uh, that's going to be a whole new added situation. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. And nobody really knows what the answer is going to be. Um Sorry, reading at the same time, and we should probably know that I can't do that by now. Um, I don't have anything else. I'm, I'm stuck, guys. What do you guys want to talk about? Give us a call. I lost my board. If you are on hold, I can't tell because my board is gone. Hold on, let me get my board back up. Somehow I closed it, I guess. Okay, there we go. Uh, nobody's on hold. Okay, so if you want to give us a call, give us a call, 347-326-9461. That's 347-326-9461. You can also send us a tweet, at the Finsider, T-H-E-P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E-R, the Finsider. You can also check us out on the live thread on the Finsider, where right now we have Alpha. <coughs> Excuse me. We have Alpha, Martin, and Strange talking in the live thread right now. So make sure you come in there, talk to us, let us know what you want to talk about, and we'll get you on the air or get your question asked at least. Um, <laughs> okay, Strange's, uh, Strange's quote here is, last year he burned out on all the media and all the headlines and everything. They have to come up with constant stories to sell, headlines that grab you. So you say, Jennings to Miami in the headline, and then write, that's what my mother and Barbara both think is going to happen. 
and you get web hits by several Miami and Green Bay fans who otherwise wouldn't be giving them the valuable advertising dollars. And that's very true. I mean, that's a good part of it. And uh, search engine optimization is a huge thing, especially especially around this time where you're trying to come up with headlines that do grab people and make people come to your site. Um, I won't say that the Finsider doesn't do that too. I, I won't say that we try to come up with headlines that people will want to read. But I do believe that what well, the strangest point here is it's not just, hey, this rumor is out from some places. It's, hey, I may be and you make up a story simply to throw the headline on there so that you try to get the uh, so you try to get the traffic and the dollars that that traffic can bring you um, it's it's going to keep going it's only going to get worse especially as more and more people have access to more and more information. Twitter is a great thing, but it's a bad thing at the same time because now instead of instant uh, instant notification coming from Adam Schefter talking on ESPN, now it comes from Adam Schefter putting out a tweet and 20 seconds later it's everywhere. And now suddenly – some guy who may or may not – I mean, look at the Greg Jennings sister situation. His sister said, you should take your your talents to South Beach, and suddenly it became a Greg Jennings is going to Miami. So it's very, very easy in these, um, in these situations and in these uh, news media type times that – we could get overloaded and people will start making up stories just to make up stories. Um, Beaver asked, where's James? James is out working. His hours are all kinds of weird. So he ends up not here most of the time now, or he tries to get here and then something happens and he ends up not being able to get here. So that's why James isn't on the show tonight. Uh, Keith is also working and I, I think Duke is either with his, with his family tonight or working. I don't remember for sure. But, yeah, so that's why it's just me. Um, obviously, as you can probably tell, my voice is still not back. Um, whatever was bothering me last Friday, it cleared up Saturday. It came back Sunday, and it had a vengeance on Monday and Tuesday. So I'm uh, still trying to shake it, still trying to get over it. And I'm here I'm ready to talk. Um, if you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about, please feel free to bring it up. Uh, I, I'm just about out of topics just because I really don't feel like talking, but I really feel like talking dolphin stuff. So if you have dolphins questions, please let us know. Um, yes, Beaver put sinus head cold. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's all up in my senses. I just... I'll shake it eventually. I don't know why. I go into coughing and into sneezing fits, and it just sort of hangs around, and it makes me sound like this. So, um, I hate to do this because we've only been on for about 40 minutes, but 
my throat's starting to hurt, and I think I'm all talked out. Like I said, I really want to save a lot of the Combine stuff until we have at least Duke or Keith on here, and I prefer both of them. So we may uh, we may hit Friday. We may probably hit it on Friday. Strange asks, favorite non-elite Dolphin of all time? Uh, my answer is, and you have to tell me, Strange, if this counts, my answer is Reggie Roby. I absolutely love Reggie Roby. I'm not really sure if that counts because he he, he he's borderline on that non-elite. People outside of Miami may know who he was. He was a multiple-time pro bowler. Um, I think he was a multiple-time pro bowler. Now that I said that, now I'm questioning myself. But uh, let me see. Yeah, three-time Pro Bowl. Three-time Pro Bowl, seven-time All-Pro selection. So he, he may count as elite. You have to answer. I don't know if a punter can uh, – I don't know if uh, – <laughs> um, I don't know if he counts as non-elite, but um, – <laughs> Beaver says he's a Ray guy wannabe. Just kidding. Um, I, I do. Reggie Roby's probably my answer. Um, if you want to say that he's elite, um, that's a good question. That, that's a good answer. That's a very good answer, Strange. Strange's answer is Ronda Gadsden. That's a really good answer. That's probably up there. Um, well, I'd say Ricky is elite because he did lead the NFL one year with the Dolphins, so he's probably out also. Um, that's a good question because everybody you want to answer, there are ways to go, oh, well, he could be considered elite. Um, And uh, that's a great that that might be worthy of a post. Strange, I might have to do a post on that and steal your idea, and see see what fans come up with. Uh, Beaver says Crash Jensen. That's a good one. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really really good quote or question. I may I may steal that. We that may show up sometime during the off season, especially as we get into the non-rumor mill portion of the off-season. So, uh, I like that question a lot. But, go ahead and uh, say goodnight to everybody, simply because my throat is really starting to hurt, and I'm all stuck on that question now. So, guys, thank you very much for listening in. I know it wasn't the longest show we've done. I know it's probably one of the shortest shows um, we've done. But, We'll be back next week with another podcast. We'll be back Friday. Hopefully by then my voice is starting to work better uh, with our Google Hangout video show. Um, I'm hoping Duke and Keith can be there. We'll find out later on this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with the 
podcast. So make sure you check out the Finsider. We've been posting like mad lately. So keep checking out the Finsider, and we'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, guys. Everybody have a good night. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. 
Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.